Hello and welcome to Where the Living Room Used to Be, a podcast about Rhode Island's music scene. Hey everyone, it's James. On this bonus episode, Paul Doobie explains what friends like Atwater and Donnelly mean to him, the skill needed to be a good sideman, and the gratification of jamming with others. If you liked the episode and have been enjoying the show in general, uh, please do me a favor and leave a positive review wherever you listen to your podcasts. Uh, It would really mean a lot. Thanks. Is there a piece of music advice that someone, say like a mentor or other band member or someone that was kind of around your circle that passed along that you'd like to share? Not as much as what I learned really more more from observation in terms okay. of, like I said, I mean, my music experience is, is really a social one. Mm-hmm. Um, so... My having seen my father as good as my father was as a player, and I was like able to see him, you know, play in the band. The one thing I never saw, I never saw my father take the accordion at home and play it for himself. So, I mean, when he started the accordion, it was because he just wanted to play. Yeah. But, you know, when the, you know, when life caught up and you know, you're raising three kids and you're working three jobs, and two of those jobs are using the accordion to make money. I never really saw my father just pick up the accordion just to have fun. Okay. Um, you know, when he put it down, uh, when he, you know, he had a job change and he picked it up later in life again just to play for himself. Um, but so I, I never really got to see him, you know, do it as enjoyment and I never got to see him do it to get together with other people just to make music, mm-hmm. which is what I do. Um, so it's a really different motivation. Um, and so, it kind of put a little bit fear in me to think that, you know, if you, if you take up music for, for work, maybe he kind of takes the fun out of it, you know? Yeah. Okay. Um, so I had that, you know, I had that kind of, not like I was ever looking to aspire to be a professional musician, but I had that mindset. Um, and one of the ways that that got dispelled for me was with people like Atwater and Donnelly mm-hmm. is part of the peep toad coffee house. We would have, an annual festival. I forget what they called it. Um, maybe that was called the Foster Folk Festival. Maybe we stole the idea from the, stole the name that wasn't being used from the other festival. But anyways, it would be like an all day thing. We'd have workshops all day. So someone like Aubrey, she'd be teaching a songwriting workshop at one part of the day, teaching a clogging workshop at some part of the day, teaching a banjo workshop at some part of the day. And when she wasn't teaching a workshop, She'd be dancing someplace or she'd be mm-hmm. playing someplace. And, you know, when the music, when, when the music that they were obligated to play stopped, they would just go play go someplace play, yeah. else. Yeah. And it opened my eyes into if you, if you approach the music the right way, it, it can be a job. It can be serious. People like that, but doesn't mean it has to lose the fun, mm-hmm. you know? And, um, I, I still see that today. I saw at Warner and Donnelly at the, um, the, uh, the Solstice Festival. That, that they do up at uh, in Cumberland, yeah. yeah. And so I was oh, yeah. in so I was at Diamond Hill Park. At Diamond Hill Park, yeah. Was on, yeah. I was in the session tent, you know, that Bob Druin runs as part of that, and 
Aubrey and Elwood, you know, had finished their gig. And what did they do? They came to the session tent. Aubrey put out her plywood stage and started dancing and playing. You know? yeah, yeah. I mean, if you watch Aubrey dance, it's a pretty, you know, pretty, pretty physical thing. I mean, there's just that much love for the music and enjoyment for the music that it, it can always be fun. Mm-hmm. You know? So, yeah, it's just through observation and, and my approach to music yeah. uh, of it not being something that I sit around. And, I mean, I like to take my instrument out and play all the time, but um, it's my motive in the, at the end for all of what I do musical. musically is for the social part, to be able to take that and play with other people. Yeah. Yeah. So that's changed, you know, it's changed how I, I mean, I don't sit around, and if, I'm not going to sit around and learn a song unless I can take that song to the next gym and, mm-hmm. and use it, you know, because that's what you're doing. That's why I'm learning a yeah, song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. But from your experience, you know, being a sideman and booking shows and playing bluegrass and Irish music and everything like that, is there something that you would pass along to someone else like being in that in that role for decades? You know? Well, um, from the bluegrass thing, uh, and I would say, you know, as an adult, it, because most of the people that come, you know, like I said, are a little bit older, like, which is not a requirement, but, you know, if you've got any kind of interest in making music with others and, and you have access to a bluegrass instrument or what you play is a guitar or a mandolin or a fiddle, dobro, or banjo or bass. It's so easy to connect with people and so easy to, to just get into that, that world. And there's so many opportunities around here that, um, what it is got, what it's done for me in terms of the social aspect, I mean, all the friends I've made through this music, but, um, just the, the release that that can give you, you know, to have a good Friday night jam at the end yeah. of the week, you know, it's quite therapeutic. Mm-hmm. And as far as, you know, the sideman thing and, and part of jamming bluegrass and side, part of, being a side man that someone would actually want is really comes from the same place of, of just playing with your ears, you know, playing with the ears wide open. Okay. You know, it's easy to kind of get into your own world when you're playing because you're listening to what you're doing. You, you have to be, you, your ears have to be open to what, you know, what are all the rest of the instruments doing? You know? Yeah. Because my clock can't be independent. You know, I can't be, I can't be taking a little lick at the end of a vocal phrase if, if that's where the fiddle player is going to be. So, you know, I can, if I'm in a jam with the fiddle player, I, I can count on just because of the caliber of the people, I can count on the fact that that fiddle player is listening to me if I'm playing harmonica, which is not necessarily a traditional bluegrass instrument, but will fit in a jam as long as you're, you're tasteful. But they're both instruments that can have long tones, so they both can, they can both can be in the same lane. Yeah. So you need to make room for the other person. Yeah. Um, so no matter what the instrument is, you have to be kind of thinking about that. How does it fit into whatever the ensemble of the ensemble of the rest of the instruments are? Yeah. Um, and in the bluegrass jam setting, like at a festival, that can change from song to song. Yeah. You know, if you're having a jam in, a fr- in your friend's house, well, it's the same musicians from beginning to end. But if you're out in an open field, you know, people come and go. They drop so, in, they drop yeah. out, whatever else. Yeah. So yeah. Jam takes on. Go check out a set of someone. That's right. On the main stage. Yeah. And, yeah. So yeah. one, maybe you're the only fiddle player for this song, but Maybe the next song there's two fiddle players, and now those two fiddles have to know where they where they're play play, together. And it does you don't it doesn't have to be interruptive, and it doesn't have to be competitive. It 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 just be tasteful and and play with with your ears open, and you can make really nice stuff together. 
cool. Even I've I've been in 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 jams with uh, when another harmonica player. And if you're open-minded, you can do the same thing. You yeah. know, that doesn't seem to make sense off the top, you know, when you think about it, but it's a jam. It's just too, you're having fun. Yeah. And, uh, you know, if you're both working off each other, it can, you know, open up, you know, avenues that, you know, you might not anticipate going into, it, mm-hmm. you know, which is, you know, part of the whole joy of that improvisational nature. Yeah. You don't really know what's going to come out on the other <laughs> end. Perfect. And it might not always be good. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I think that's more important than, I mean, obviously you want to be as proficient as you can, but you can be the flashiest player. But if, if you are in an ensemble and, and your motive is to get as many flashy notes in there and impress the hell out of people, it's not going to really going to be a good jam. And it's not going to do the other musicians yeah. a whole lot of good. You know, my idea, if I was playing with a songwriter, is my goal there is to make that song and that person sound as good as it can at that time. <laughs> So I'm playing the music as, as if I'm listening to it as a recording. Yeah. You know, and if I was listening to this recording, what would the accordion harmonica do right now? Uh, nothing. There's enough going on. So yeah. I'm just going to stop playing for a little while yeah. and wait until I, I think there's an, you know, yeah. it would, I, I'm needed or there's a place for me to go. Yeah. You know, sometimes yeah, just, just playing like, to the song, yeah. like knowing where, where you need to be and not just being. Like, yeah. Like your skills are off the charts and you can, you know, right. quote unquote, melt faces with your, you know, solo ability. But if it doesn't lend itself to the song you're playing, it's just going to yeah. derail everything. Right. You know, just make not, everyone probably pissed to be like, all right, cool. You can exactly. play every note. Yeah, awesome. Yeah, but yeah. now this song sucks. You know? yeah. <laughs> yeah. Really cool, Paul. <laughs> yeah. I hope, I hope that was good for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> but. Can we get back to what we were doing before yeah. we just, you know, showed off? You know? <laughs> yeah, so it's really got nothing to do with how many notes. It's, you know, what, you know, yeah, what which ones and, and you know. Makes sense. And, you know, setting. it's a nice tone and, a, you know, yeah. a, a few spare notes and with, with some really nice tone that are in the right place mm-hmm. that just helped enhance the whole yeah. feel of the song. Nice. It, it, it lifts the songwriter up because they, they have, yeah. you know, that that brings energy in, in, into the way they're going to sing that next phrase. Yeah. So. And what would you say inspires you? Is it, um, I mean, it can be anything just in life, uh, but is there anything that you'd like to share uh, from an inspirational standpoint? Well, what inspires me, and uh, maybe this is redundant, what inspires me to get to, to, to do, uh, go out and, and play in, in a jam, especially in the bluegrass setting, is really just that, um, what you get out from that collaboration. Mm-hmm. You know, I was at friend Dan Parker's last night. That's my regular Friday mm-hmm. spot when I can get out, you know, and it's when it's the right amount of people, you know, it's this nice small circle of seven or so people and everyone's being tasteful and you know, everyone can hear, man, that the music is just spectacular. Yeah. You know, it's, we're all playing better than any of us individually could, could play. Yeah, you know, and uh, every song is going to come out different than than it did the yeah. last time yeah, because I mean, it's, it's it's unique in that one moment. Yeah, it seems like there that unknown is at least from hearing it on this side of the of the, the table, so to say, that that's an intriguing thing, you know, and mm-hmm. it's just something that is not familiar to me. Like I've played structured songs, and a lot of it is like trying to get it and be you know as tight as possible, whether it's you know. Celtic punk band I'm playing in, or the 
indie rock band or whatever else, but just being really tight, having those stops. But um, that draw, that unknown of like, we're just going to get together and see yeah. what happens. We know it's going to be good, but like, I don't know what notes I'm going to play tonight. And that's, yeah. or know what this, you know, where this is going to go, yeah. or who's going to take what solo at what point is yeah. like a really intriguing thing, you know? And even like, not, not only not knowing what notes are going to come up tonight, I'll, I'll be in the song waiting for my turn to, to solo and not know what notes are going to come out next and in, intentionally not think ahead where I'm going to go, you know, think ahead, like where I'm going to start yeah. and then see what happens after that. You know, that's, that's um, incredible. That's cool. Yeah. And like I said, with the harmonica is, is the one, the minister I'm most comfortable doing that yeah. with. Um, you know, maybe it's the one I've played the most, but it's just, it's just the one that, you know, I can connect, I've always been able to connect with more in that improvisational yeah. mode. And I, and I don't know why. Maybe part of it's because it's not visual. I mean, it's one instrument that you can't show what you're doing, really, or yeah. even see what you're doing. Yeah. Um, you know, it's it's in your mouth. You don't even see it. And, uh, yeah. You're obviously not seeing what's happening inside your yeah, mouth. Yeah, you're not looking at your hands and what right. you know where your fingers yeah. are on the fretboard or. But everything you're getting, the, the tone you're getting out of it is all happening inside you, your mouth, and your yeah. throat. Wow. So. Well, fantastic. Thank you so much, Paul. Thank you. Thank you so much for listening. In the full podcast, Paul talked a little bit about his songwriting and how that fits in with his overall music career. Uh, Well, I am fortunate to have some of his unreleased rough cuts uh, from a few of the songs that he's written and wanted to share one with you. Uh, This next song is called Hitchhiker, and I hope you enjoy.
sensitive. He won't stand and fight. Someday just might, because you never know what's waiting down the road. Until now, he's had it handed on a plate, so he's scared to think what might be waiting somewhere, someday, sometime down the road. Down the road, maybe rough and rocky, yellow brick, or paved with gold, and who knows, you just might live until you're old. And if you should hang on for your life, you just might find a place to stop and stay a while, out somewhere around the road. On the road, maybe rough and rocky, yellow brick door paved with gold, and who knows, you just might live until you're old. And if you should hang on for your life, you just might find a place to stop and stay a while, out somewhere on the road. Yeah, if you should hang on for your life, you just might find a place to stop and stay a while, out somewhere on the road.